It's time now for Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based family-owned financial planning firm providing investment and financial planning advice since 1983. Doug and Deborah are certified financial planners, CFPs, who can answer any of your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, and Deborah right now at 919-860-9783 with your financial planning questions. That's 919-860-9783. Now, here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA Inc. Investment advice through Lewis Financial Management. SFA Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. Hello, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Good evening, North Carolina, and thank you for joining us once again on Money Matters with the Lewises on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Linda Lewis. And this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And this is Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Uh, Linda, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, and Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you this evening? Hello, so good to talk to you. I really appreciate your show. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, am, <laughs> thank you. I'm uh, nearing 64, so now I have another year or two to save while I'm still working. I'll retire at 66, and I hate to continue to invest 50% in the stock market when it's so high. Uh, I'm buying high, and I feel like maybe I need more in, say, a Roth, which I don't have. All of my funds are in a 401k or an IRA. So that's what I'm wondering, if I should still continue to invest. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself, Linda. You say you're 64 years old. Are you married or single? I'm married. And your income? Uh, Our income is about 75,000. Is that yours alone or a family income? Family. All right. And is your husband retired or is he working? He is still working. Um, he does not have his own retirement account. Um, I'm holding all of that. All right. So what are your investments looking like that are not in retirement, just outside of any retirement plans in mutual funds, cash accounts or anything? What does that look like? Um, it's about 50% in bonds and 50% in mutual funds and uh, um, ETFs. All right. uh, they're not an individual stock. Okay. And how much do you have, all told, not retirement monies? Not retirement money. Yeah, not retirement. Uh, no 401k, 30. no IRA, no Roth IRA. Just cash. Uh, uh, yeah, just just what we call non-qualified accounts. Um, 30000 All right. So it's 30000 in non-retirement, and then the percentages you just gave me, now how much do you have in your 401k? Um, total is about 550000 All right. And is, is there- it by chance in a target date fund, or is it literally um, mutual funds that you've, you've chosen to put it in? Um, they are mutual funds that my uh, financial advisor suggested. Okay. All right. And last question is, you say you're, you're getting ready to retire in two years, and your husband also? All right, do you have any idea what your living expenses would go? What do you need to, 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 to maintain your lifestyle right now? Um, we're going to need another 18000 a year from 
from those retirement funds. Well, plus Social everybody. Security? Yes, plus okay. Social Security. So, in other words, Social Security and 18000 will support you? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Let me see. All right. I'm guessing Social Security for both would be about thirty thousand. Um, is it's uh, thirty-two hundred a month? So, whatever that adds okay. up to. All right. So let's take a look at this. First of all, uh, if you were talking to Warren Buffett, he would say he doesn't like your allocation. You should not have fifty percent in bonds. You should have a hundred percent in the stock market, not fifty percent. So it right. all depends on who you're talking to and what is the rationale. Now, our particular focus is very different. From our view, we like to meet with a client and have a face-to-face analysis, first of their living expenses, to see are they really taking into consideration all of the wish list expenses because you've been working all your working all your earning years you've gone through the accumulation now you're going to move into the phase where you should live the life of your dreams it's in other words this is what it's all been for and uh, and we do not at lewis financial management we never want clients to be put on a tight budget so we begin first by analyzing are you are we comfortable with where you have given as numbers to live on All right, then from there, we're going to go ahead and see what type of investment portfolio will not only give you the cash flow that you're looking for to have that type of lifestyle, but also will accommodate growth because you, yeah, unless your health is terrible and you're terminally ill, you probably actuarially now have another 20 years to plan for. You see right, what I'm, I'm saying? I'm planning on 25. Yeah. All, all right, 25 years. So if you're looking for bonds to support you over 25 years, a bond by definition has zero growth, correct? Right. That, right. Mean, that means the only thing that happened, can happen to a bond is it's going to give you a fixed amount of interest that's going to cover less and less and less of your needs as inflation goes up. So it's what we call going broke safely. Your money is safe. But your lifestyle, so you run into a problem when you start to use these ratio allocations. What ratio should you have in bonds? What ratio should you have in stocks? A certified financial planner, such as myself, such as my daughter, Deborah, we don't look at ratios. We think ratios are nonsense. That's a game that money managers play. But that's not what a financial planner should be doing. A financial planner should look at your entire situation and then design an an appropriate recommended investment portfolio that will do everything for you and then stay with it and reallocate it and change it. So uh, now that's the first answer to my question is, I mean, first answer to your question about should you have more in bonds than in stocks. I don't think I wouldn't look at I wouldn't look at anything you've got in either stocks or bonds. In other words, I want to see for example what mutual funds you have and who are the managers of those funds and do I know any of them personally because I do know most of the very large mutual fund managers in the United States and what's their track record and what's their philosophy and how did they do? So we want to look at the managers first of all. Secondly, we want to go ahead and see, all right, what type of arrangement 
of those different funds, we don't think you should have anything in ETFs. So you can strike them out of the out of the equation. So, so far, our recommendation would be you definitely want to get a, first and foremost to meet with us. Um, give us a call at 919-872-7000. Say it a little slower. Sure. 919-872-7000. And, then, and then we can talk specifics because he's going to give sure. some general advice. But the first thing would be to, to walk away from a bond allocation since this is where you are right now looking for you know, within two years is considered retirement planning. Right. Second part, we'd want to look at the ETFs in the portfolio and at least address should there be any at all. I don't think answer there in your scenario. It's much too much risk. Because ETFs are stocks, really. They're trading all day long. People buy and sell them. Uh, And so that's not the kind of risk that you want at this stage of your life. So you should have no ETFs. You should have no individual stocks. Right. You need to have your your money spread across money managers or mutual fund managers. To where we're tracking them. Where we're able to track them. And that's a very different. And lastly, you should have no ratio allocation. There is no such thing as a percent allocation in the world of financial planning as practiced by Lewis Financial Management. Linda, we'll go through your numbers, your investments, and get you positioned so that when you say, okay, I'm giving notice. We're done. You're prepared for it, ready for it, and have a, a you know a real plan in front of you. Well, that is excellent. My one last question: Sure, are you a fee-only company? Yes. Oh, wonderful! So you have no invested. We have, we have no commission products to try and go ahead and sell you. That's correct. Wonderful. I will give you all a call. All right. <laughs> and by the way, have you been to our website yet? I, I have read a lot of websites. I don't know that I've been to yours. All right. Write it down because my website also has videos of myself and my daughter and my wife. Uh, so you can write it down. I think you'll enjoy it. It's called DougAndLinda.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. It. And we look forward to talking to you. Well, thank, thank you, you, Linda. Thank, thank you, you so much for calling, and you have a great week. Thank you. You as well. Bye now. Well, Doug, Linda, there was a specific article written by a man who has been in the financial planning industry for a long time, really a, a respected man, Bob Veres, and he wrote an R- article that has, says it all in the title, The Awful Consequences of Non-Fiduciary Advice. And he says from the beginning of the article, he asked some financial planning professionals if they had any stories about the harm caused by predatory recommendations from sales agents posing as advisors. And the stories that they tell him are shocking. Yeah, I think Bob Veres, whom I have known for the last 30 years, is a very good historian and a writer. And he tracks the uh, the goods and the bads of the financial planning and the investment world. And so this uh, study that he did of his own was very intriguing because he was interviewing certified. He was, inter- he was interviewing fiduciaries. That's who he was. There was a quote. It says, it has been long the law that a difference exists between sales activity and fiduciary activity. So any consumer reading that statement is being told in clear and simple language not to put trust in the confidence in the advice, quote unquote, that's provided by all brokerage firms. Yeah, nobody is in a better position to assess the damage 
inflicted by self-interested recommendations than true fiduciary advisors like like you and me, Deborah. That's right. Why? Because they often inherit the client situations that had previously been managed by brokers and sales agents. More than anyone else, they have to clean up the damage. That's right. Linda, give us an example from this article of one of these instances. Well, the first case, consider the pre-retiree client who was inherited by an advisor in Charleston, West Virginia, who had plenty of money saved up in a teacher's retirement account, which would provide more than sufficient income whenever she decides to retire. Unfortunately, her broker talked her into putting $300,000 of her IRA assets into a high-commission variable annuity. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting the way Bob Beeries reports these horror stories. In fact, quite a few of the annuity-related horror stories were shared in his research effort. Uh, there was another one of a fiduciary in Georgia who sat down with a 50-year-old professional set of clients, a husband and a wife, who had been sold two variable annuities, one with annual expenses of 2.7%, the other with expenses of 3.5%. Per year. Wow. Yeah. Another broker who had clearly was not operating under a fiduciary standard recommended that a 30-year-old resident doctor who was unmarried but had high student loan debt, that he recommended that he buy a $1.5 million permanent life insurance policy with premiums amounting to 32000 a year. Whoa. There was no discussion about debt, the potential to make 401k investments, or creating an emergency fund. And this, this guy writes, he told me that he had no desire to provide life insurance proceeds to his brother when he died, so he never intended to have anyone uh, inherit any life insurance, so he didn't need to buy any. And that statement, of course, is from the fiduciary advisor in Scottsdale, Arizona, who inherited the mess as the doctor's new financial advisor. Another case has another example where a 94-year-old mother of a client who was living in a care facility that costs about $9,000 a month. And this uh, widow's husband had just died. And so, looking into the situation, her daughter, the daughter was looking into her mother's financial situation, and the advisor... Um, discovered that right after the death of her husband, a broker who had been the husband who the husband had been working with had swooped in, took the two hundred fifty thousand dollars and invested it in a tax deferred variable annuity with a nice commission. The horror stories that Bob Veery's reports are just shocking. That $250,000 that this widow received was life insurance on her husband's death, and this so-called advisor had the widow immediately buy an annuity. It was just shocking, and there are so many of his stories that he came up with when he did this research. The fifth one he gives was a another horror story 
who involved a widow in her 70s whose husband died in a tragic car accident that she survived. She was in the hospital for several weeks, says the advisor, and just two weeks after she returned home, another so-called financial advisor who had sold annuities to both the lady and her husband's IRA came calling. She had an option to roll over the full value of the husband's annuity into hers. Instead, this quote-quote advisor sold her a new annuity for that money with, of course, a new surrender schedule and a new nice big commission bonus for him. Now, being a fiduciary means that you have an obligation not only to give recommendations in the best interest of the client, but also to make sure the recommendations perform as advertised. While the sales agents often simply sell the policies and move on to the next sale. So this next example of a financial um, investment horror story happened in Naples, Florida. An advisor there met with an 85-year-old client who had been sold previously an $11 million face amount worth of cash value life insurance policies. $11 million, 85-year-old. The seventh case that Bob Veeries mentioned in his study was another of the same financial advisor's clients who had met with a salesperson who purported to offer college planning. You know, we had one of those earlier this year or late last year, clients who had been longtime clients of ours, daughters approaching college age, and an advisor had approached them saying, I'm different than your financial planner. I offer specific college planning advice. Uh-huh. Of course, when we read his information, it was an annuity. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the clever college planning strategy that this Arizona client was put into was to put all of her free cash into an expensive whole life policy and then borrow against the policy to pay for college as a way to report less cash on hand on the financial aid FAFSA forms. So what was the problem there? The client didn't need more life insurance. The client made way too much money to get financial aid anyway. And guess what? Her child was a senior in high school. Yeah, awful, awful. So here we are talking about so-called advisors who come under the category of insurance agents. But what about predatory brokers? Because all the examples we've named so far, so far were a behavior of insurance agents calling themselves advisors. Can brokers call themselves advisors? Yeah, the brokers, these are representatives of large wirehouse firms that promise on their TV ads to facilitate better lives for their customers. Well, the most common example, a portfolio that he reported in, in his research, a, there was a portfolio with a lot of loaded mutual funds that have very high expense ratios. So the longtime client's mother died, left a million dollars, and left her brother 800000 Both were approached by the mother's broker who asked for the opportunity to continue managing the assets. The funds in the two accounts had a collective annual expense (laughs) ratio over two and a half percent a year. It's important to look at what you're paying to your advisor and how much. Right, Linda. Absolutely. How much is too much (laughs) to be paying? And you always should ask how much are you paid? Right. What are you earning on what I'm buying right. from you? There should always be full disclosure. Right. Now, brokers have a much greater and more subtle variety of ways to trap their unsuspecting customers than insurance agents. Linda, tell us about another example. Well, there was another case in Winter Springs, Florida, where um, a 74-year-old widow 
who had had an $800,000 taxable account at UBS, uh, and she depended on that account for her monthly income. Well, it turns out that the account had originally started out at around $1.3 million. Wow. So the broker had been using a complicated covered call writing strategy in an effort to generate her desired monthly income, but apparently without much success. Right, dropping from a million three to $800,000. So we come back to the value of the fiduciary, what Doug Lewis and Deborah Lewis are, fiduciaries. And this article doesn't pretend to give a scientific breakdown of how many apples are good or rotten in any of these industries, but it does a good job illustrating the harm that shouldn't have to occur to the financial lives of unspecting financial consumers and that's where our real desire in bringing this up is yeah you I want yeah, I, I think we should remind our listeners of course to the the title of Bob Veeries's article his title was the awful consequences of non fiduciary advice non fiduciary advice and so of course it's fortunate that many advisors like Lewis Financial Management do have embraced the duty of care and are even willing to provide their clients with a written guarantee that they will act as a fiduciary in a contract that explains what that means in clear, understandable English. But unfortunately for now, it's unfortunately up to the consuming public to understand the difference between who is the quote, quote, friendly advisor with a sales agenda and who is a true professional fiduciary advisor acting in the best interest of their clients. Well, Doug, Deborah, that was really an enlightening article. It is. And you know what it does is it reminds me of so many examples. But the one most recently, Pop, is the one that you and I were just discussing earlier today uh, in regard to our uh, a new client right? Um, who is... Um, who is in a situation where he has heard prior to coming to us a lot of uh, rule of thumb examples, advice that was designed, you know, that he, he will often say, you know, well, say, people say out there, meaning not specifically to him, but stuff he's read. And so he's been applying some of these principles in trying to evaluate, well, should I save a few dollars here? Should I continue um, spending on a few items over here? But he's always trying to analyze what is the best way for him to be able to move into each new stage uh, or into this new stage of his life. And what I so like about him, Deborah, is he came to us, we signed a fiduciary contract covering that we would be going over everything to make sure that what we recommended for him was in his best interest. That's right. And we want to make sure that he doesn't become one of these horror stories. So now he is... He's got a lot of baggage. Everybody does. They right. come, they hear all this stuff, just like right. our last call, Linda. Right. She, she's been hearing this thing about ratio allocation, ratio allocation. Well, ratio allocation, in my opinion, is like crystal ball. It's nonsense. Right. Well, fortunately... You know, um, our job is to prevent our clients from becoming one of these horror stories. So fortunately, he's hired us. Yes. And we are fiduciaries. And yes. we want to keep him from becoming one of those horror stories. And I think for all of our listeners, it's important. Whatever the questions are that you have, just like our previous caller, Linda, Write your questions down, and you deserve answers to your questions. You said it. That's and whether exactly right. it's 
how much is the expense ratio and what's a ballpark? I mean, where, how much is too much? And, she, and, and people need to ask the question, if someone is trying to sell you a product, get a full disclosure and find out how, are, how much are you getting paid in this transaction? And then when you go home after the meeting and you want to think about it and consider it, then you can make some wise decisions about whether or not this is a suitable investment, a suitable recommendation. And of course, we are always here. If you have any questions, call us at Lewis Financial Management. We definitely understand your problems and we want to help you. We are the Lewis family and this is what we do. Our number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Call us with your questions and call us to set up an appointment. Now, you know what? Uh, We forgot to mention that also when you make that appointment, that first appointment, you will get the choice of one of three books. And um, don't forget to check out our website. That's right. That's right. We enjoy giving away a free book when you come in. We're here for you. Okay, Lisa, your turn. I had some personal questions. Well, um, personal about me or personal about you? About my situation. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to tell you on the phone. Well, let's start. How old are you? I'm getting Social Security. All right. I also, my husband and I had a revocable trust. Okay. You say had, no longer have? I'm a widow. All right. Is the trust still in existence? I moved everything. I transferred everything into my name. Okay. Very little remains in that trust. I have total control. Well, you had total control before anyway. If it was revocable, you never didn't have control. That's true. Why'd you take it out of the trust name, just out of curiosity? Um, because... I had a lawyer who did not want to do what I wanted done. And since I had the right to have everything in the marital trust, he had it so that the residuary trust had to be filled first and then the marital trust. And by law, I can have it all in the marital trust. Right. And he didn't want to do that. Okay. So, in order to take everything out of his hands, I simply had everything transferred into my name. Okay. The estate has not been settled. All right. I might be better off tax-wise to put everything back as it was, except to have everything in the marital trust. That won't affect the taxes. It will not? No. When I die, I mean... You've got too you've got too many conflicting factors, Lisa. Uh, what's the size of the estate? About a million. All right, you've got a million dollars. What you can do, first of all, the only what you're talking about is protecting the estate from estate tax dilution, right? Mm-hmm. All right, and who's the estate going to? Your children or one son? All right, going to your son. So your son is going to get roughly eight hundred thousand instead of instead of a million. Now, if you, what you want to do is to protect that two hundred thousand dollars of estate tax. Yep. All right. Uh, how old are you? You say you're getting Social Security. Sixty. All right. So you're still relatively young. You should probably. What's your health? Terrific. You should probably look at uh, an insurance trust 
Well, there's two ways to do it. You can do it with an insurance trust, going ahead and setting up a trust to purchase insurance owned by the trust, not by you, for two, three, four hundred thousand dollars. Now, of course, you'd probably want to get more because of the size. Uh, you, you're because you're young, and your estate will probably grow. That will that's the that's the classic way to go ahead and do so. The second way you can do so is by a wealth replacement trust and a wealth preservation trust strategy, which I've talked about before on the air. But there, you're basically using charitable remainders and oh. char charitable institutions. Yeah, I can't do that. Why? Uh, I'd, I would prefer not to do that. What about a successor trust set up with my son? Is there any way to do that? No. I mean, you can set it up, but it's not going to help because the most you're going to get is the only person you can give it to. What you're talking about setting up a trust and giving it to a trust. The only person you can give it to and not be taxed is to a charitable institution. But you can give it in such a way that you get it back again is what I was telling you. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard you explain it, but it gets so complicated. Well, you're right. It is complicated. But if uh, if you'd like to uh, either call the office and I'll schedule a time and I'll go through it with you more in depth or I'll go through it with your attorney. Uh, but it works. I'm doing one right now. And it's, yeah. the on it's the only other way other than an insurance trust. And that number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's USA 7000. Those are the two ways to do it, Lisa. Yeah. There are two ways to do it. Insurance trust or charitable remainder with a replacement trust. Call me at the office. And I'll take you a little further along if you want. I should have mentioned there is a third way. I just mentioned the insurance and the other one. The other way is to get, is to get married. <laughs> well, that's, if you get married, you solve the problem. That's many years into the future. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. I appreciate your call. Have you seen the Lewis Financial Management website? It's easy to get to. DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com. As I was scanning the press, I found a very interesting article called It's Time to Flip Your Financial Focus. Five often overlooked issues which could make or break your retirement. It's time for people who pay for financial advice to raise their expectations. I have little doubt that at least starting out, most investors appreciate putting a priority on growth. Everybody wants to make money. But there's so much more that matters when it comes to managing someone's assets. And too often it seems folks get too little advice or they get it too late or make good or don't make good use of it. We're not... Uh, you know, in every situation, clients need help negotiating a complicated financial landscape, and financial professionals should be acting as stewards and educators. So no matter how much you have in your portfolio, no matter how aggressively or conservatively you're investing it, and no matter where, when, or how long you see yourself living in retirement, here are five topics your advisor should be covering when you talk about your money. So the first one is inflation. When, when advisors finally flip their focus from accumulation to preservation, they spend a lot of time talking about risk, mostly with an eye toward market volatility. But inflation is also a risk in retirement, and it can eat up an unprotected portfolio. Investors tend to underestimate the impact that it has over the long haul. But in retirement, when you're paying yourself, retaining your purchasing power is critical your Social Security benefits come with a cost of living adjustment, but other income streams may not. So you're going to have to build in your own protections. Now, the second uh, essential matter to look at is the sequence of returns risk. 
this is a tricky one. Many clients who come to to meet with us have been working with another advisor for years, but they say they've never heard of the term sequence of returns risk. Maybe that's because it isn't a factor during your accumulation years. But if the market just happens to go into a tailspin in the first five years of your retirement so that you're losing money in your investments at the same time that you're taking out your distributions from them, it can devastate your nest egg. And you might not be able to recover those losses. And definitely not in an annuity. It's all about good or bad timing, and you have no control over that. But you do have control over your plan. And you can manage your risk and move toward other financial vehicles that can provide a stable cash flow stream and less volatile returns. So, Doug, what's the third thing you must think about? Yeah, of these five often overlooked issues which could make or break your retirement is the so-called 4% rule. You know, times have changed. And if you or your so-called advisor haven't updated your conversation about the 4% withdrawal rule guideline, then you should definitely call us at Lewis Financial Management. That number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. This old, outdated rule of thumb says that retirees should make it through retirement without running out of money if they withdraw 4% a year from the funds that they've available. While that may work if you stick to a firm equation and defend it, there's some debate as to whether it will hold up in modern times with market volatility and longer lifespans. Many believe the starting point should be lower, maybe 3%, maybe 3.5%. Or you can use some other products and strategies to boost your income stream so you can take pressure off of investments that are at risk. And Linda, what should you know about tax planning in pre-retirement planning? Of course, it's important for you and your financial advisor to discuss taxes every year to be sure that you aren't missing any opportunities to save any money. But your retirement plan has to cover this year and all your future years once you retire, even after you die, so that if you have a surviving spouse or your loved ones, that you'll be able to take care of them. So to start with, you're going to have to deal with all that tax-deferred money that's in your 401k or in your IRA. And then also, as you get older, when you're 70 and a half, you want to plan for your required minimum distributions. And you may not want to bank on being in a lower tax bracket in retirement, but you, you may have to draw enough income to pay for the lifestyle that you want when you start traveling, have hobbies, and at the same time, you're likely going to lose a lot of deductions that you can count on now, like your mortgage interest if you pay off your house, if your dependents grow up, move out, or if your business, if you own a business, then you close up shop. So all of this means that working with your advisor has to be a complete picture of what strategies will work best for you. And of these four that we've covered, the fifth one that you have to be aware of is health care costs. A lot of people first become aware of the high cost of health care and long-term care when their parents or grandparents grow old. The question is, are you planning for your own expenses? More importantly, is your advisor planning for them? There seems to be a lot of optimism out there that when it comes to illness or injury in old age, but besides the usual eye 
dental, and other health issues, many people will require some kind of specialized long-term care in retirement, whether it's going to be to go to a rehab after a joint replacement or moving to a nursing home, and few people are probably prepared for the expense. These days, there are several options to consider, and the younger you are, and when you look into them, the more alternatives you may have. Now, I know it's tempting to put off these conversations until retirement is on top, is the top thing on your mind, but when you're in your mid to late 50s, or even your 60s, don't. If you delay, and if your advisor doesn't broach these topics with you, you may be playing catch-up when you should be preparing for the retirement you've been waiting for. So call us at Lewis Financial Management. Our number is 919-872-7000. We'll set up a face-to-face appointment. And even if you're in your 40s or early 50s, think about scheduling a meeting to discuss making these potential retirement impediments a priority. You can start by asking... Other than just growing my money, which I obviously want to do, what would it look like if I retired at 65 or even 55? Once you've satisfied your plan is on course, and let me emphasize here the importance of comprehensive retirement planning, you'll know that every choice you make is working toward that end goal. So call us this week to schedule your face-to-face meeting. Let's get started. We can help you with your financial plan. We are certified financial planners at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Let's take another caller, Doug. Michelle. Yeah. This is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. How can I help you? I will have about 300000 to to get income on. I hit about seventy. Okay. However, if I should have to go into a nursing home or something, we live a long time in my family. Sometimes, you know, in the 90s, I could outlive or, or use up my interest and the principal. That's a low interest. And so, therefore, I would always be having something, and it could not be hit by... Going into a nursing home, I don't think they can attach something like an immediate annuity, is can they? Uh, they can take the income, but they can't take the principal. Well, you're you're half right, half wrong. Okay. Oh, that's what I want. <laughs> uh, first of all, a couple of quick clarifications. Once you've taken an immediate annuity, there is no more interest or principal. It's all income. Let's get to your personal situation, okay, Michelle? How old are you? Uh, I'm, I'm a little over 65, and by the time I'm 70, I think I can, will have the money, or right. maybe 71, have the money to get this immediate annuity. What's your health now? It's, good. it's pretty good. Pretty good. You know, yeah, pretty good. All right. Let me just, and, and how, much are the, how much are your assets worth right now, approximately? Um, I have 265 in in uh, treasured uh, right now. Okay. Do you know what you I could do? I have 25 CD, and I have some stock, which I could sell to get about 50000 more, maybe. You can protect yourself from going into a nursing home without having to go ahead and go through a roundabout method of getting an immediate annuity. I an immediate annuity uh, is fine, but you can do better than an immediate annuity mm-hmm. because once you annuitize, there's no more principal. Well, it, but but it's 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 comes it comes back to you like for the rest of your life fifteen percent, doesn't it? Ooh, like no, no, no! It's not going to be like that. It's not going to be fifteen percent plus your principal. Oh Another, no, no! What I meant was like uh, uh, if I put a hundred thousand in, but couldn't I get fifteen thousand for a year for the rest of my life? I'd have to look at the different annuity uh, options. You choose either a ten-year or a life certain or a life plus ten. I, I would want life certain because. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, but suppose you could get the same income and also have the principal to uh-huh. leave to your to. Uh, do you have any children? Oh yes, uh huh. Oh well, see, when you take an immediate annuity, you're saying I don't want my children to get anything. Well, they've got plenty of other. There, there's a lot of other, and then there will be another house, so they'll have a close to four hundred thousand divide between them. Uh huh. Well. It may not matter to you, but I generally don't like an immediate annuity unless it's necessary to live on. If you can get the income and protect the sure. principal. I, uh, just, I just had a, 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 I looked at, at a great-grandmother, I mean, a, my children's great-grandmother, my grandmother, uh, used up, uh, you know, toward the end, she had used up all the money she had saved. She oh, had Michelle, I couldn't agree with and you more. My family was using, you know... Was, was helping out, which they were quite able to do, but I just did not want to put my children in that situation. She was up in her 90s and had, of course, back then in the 60s, uh, uh, she didn't have uh, retirement, type, the, the type of retirement people have now, and she used up her what little she had put away by the time she was 80-something. Michelle, I could not agree with you more. I have heard more horror stories. If you will jot down my office number, All right. 872-7000. 872-7000. Call me during the week. I will show you how to go That's ahead and Raleigh, solve your problem. It? That's right in Raleigh. I'm in Durham. That doesn't matter. I've got clients all over the, the area. Okay. <laughs> call, uh, you can call me collect if you want. <laughs> well, you know, it seems like as we were looking through the financial presses this past week, There were a lot of articles and writings that came about from certified financial planners and from those uh, who were looking at the do's and don'ts before retirement and after retirement. There was another one by a CFP whom I respect, and he wrote an article called Must Do's Before Retirement, because we've seen too many people get too late a start on four essential retirement checklist items. There's a laundry list of financial items that obviously you should tackle before you retire. And I have met with two people recently who told me they had just retired and were now ready to plan. Please try to avoid that sequence. To help prospective retirees prepare for this major change in their lives, we have uh, compiled a list of essential steps to take before that paycheck stops coming in. So the first thing you need to do, brainstorm and experiment with what's next. When we ask recent retirees how it's going, we tend to get love-hate responses. Those who spent the most time planning for the non-financial components are getting the most out of it. Those who drop from the 50-hour work week, they struggle to find a rhythm and can suffer without proper structure. So, if you're wondering where to start, ask yourself this question. If I went to the doctor today and he told me that I was going to die tomorrow, what goals went unfulfilled and what did I miss? George Kinder, who is known as the father of financial life planning, has written books on putting together your life plan that may serve as a good starting point. And these bucket list items can be the goals that you work toward in retirement. Odds are, these are things that you've thought about your whole life. So it's important to put them down on paper and then start crossing them off as you make progress. If you're married, it's critical that these conversations happen together, preferably before retirement. Retirement can look totally different even for those who have spent a lifetime together as a married couple. Focus on location and lifestyle. You must come to an agreement about where you'll call your home base, even though it doesn't have to be permanent. 
For lifestyles, start with overlapping bucket list items. The first few years of retirement are referred to as the the go-go, followed by slow-go and no-go years. This is the time when you should be checking the boxes on all the things that you weren't able to do during your working years. Who knows? Maybe you'll find a new passion. You know, it's interesting. I know um, there are some of our clients who, you know, they spend a whole lifetime getting that beautiful house that they want and buying all the furnishings and putting out the deck and all, you know, (laughs) putting in the swimming pool and all this. And then the kids all grow up and they move out of the state. And all of a sudden, because they've been doing like Airbnb and traveling to foreign countries all of a sudden, they're ready to just get rid of that house and start doing that. What is it called? Uh, your home abroad or something like that? Or living in Airbnbs? Um, it's a house swap house, house exchange swapping. program. That's uh-huh. it. That's it. So, you know. And we've got a number of clients that are doing that. And everybody has their own dream situation when they get into retirement, right? But. The second key to look at or the second must do before retirement is that you need to figure out what your expenses are going to be, both now and in the future. This is the probably the most important part because your location and lifestyle dictate your expenses now and in the future. They often are the driver of your financial success or failure in retirement. If you're getting close to retirement and don't already track your expenses, it's time to start. Your expenses will change in retirement and it's a mistake to use a textbook ratio to estimate your monthly outlay. Don't assume that you'll spend less in retirement than you do now. You should meet with us to clearly define your living expenses now and in retirement. Financial independence is based on and begins with knowing your living expense needs. When we help you by writing your comprehensive financial plan, we look at your living expenses for three different points in your life. Now, and then if one of you were to die, and then the fantasy or retirement or even financially independent living expenses. We want to see you from all the different expense points of you. Yeah, I am so tired of hearing clients come to me and say, oh yeah, I filled in one of those forms when I went to see XYZ and I look <laughs> at the form and it's a, like a, it's, it's nonsense. It's a little one line or two line. This is how much we need. No, I think our clients appreciate that once we get into financial planning, we meet for hours with them going over each of their expected living expenses to see are they really compensating or accounting for all the things that we know they may be doing. And once we really get into their expenses, we never have them fill out anything. We do all the filling out. Well, that's really why we think it's so important that you need to pay someone to put together a plan. You can't just read a couple self-help books and feel like you uh, feel confident that you'll be able to make it. And that's why most people call us. Right. I, I need a second opinion, Deborah. I've done my own research. I've looked at these articles. I've bought the books. I've done my research. And now I need someone to say, did I get close? Am I on track? I need a real financial plan. And I'm willing to pay for it. That's right. Most of the financial questions you've been asking yourself can be answered through a true financial plan. Those questions include the most common ones, like do I have enough money to call it quits? If you're a do-it-yourselfer, odds are that you've been playing with the numbers on an Excel spreadsheet. 
If so, it's worthwhile to pay someone for a second opinion. Excel often can't account for the volatility and somewhat random sequence of market returns. A full financial plan, if done properly, will go far beyond this. It should be the intersection of your cash flow, your insurance, your investments, your retirement, your tax, and estate planning. That financial planner, such as myself, such as my daughter, should be able to identify any glaring gaps in your plan as well as put you on the right track. If you're going to run out of money, do you want to know now or do you want to know 20 years before now or before you retire? Call us this week. I am Deborah Lewis. I'm a certified financial planner and my father is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner. We are a family owned financial planning firm. We are Lewis Financial Management here in Raleigh, and our number is 919-872-7000. So call us this week and schedule a face-to-face appointment. That's 919-872-7000. And it's never too late. You know, I think twice this week I spoke to some folks. They've been long-time listeners, and one of them said that they had been listening for the past 11 years. Wow. And another one said, I called you 15 years ago. <laughs> but just never came in and accumulated on the several now. million. But, but the point is that everyone's situation is different. People, the wonderful people of the Carolinas and our clients, wherever they may be, they are very diligent about working, about saving as much as they can. Sometimes they're saving in a retirement plan, but sometimes they're, you know, a little lopsided and should be saving in a personal portfolio. And that's where, when you come in with your situation, we look at all the pieces, help you determine what are your goals, what are your objectives, and what are your needs. And if retirement is the goal, how do we get there so that it's comfortable when you get there? You know, Linda, I can't tell you how much I appreciate how much you have done through all the years in helping prospective clients crystallize the questions that they have. Sometimes it's not so easy, but you always insist that they write down whatever questions they want answers to. And that's very important because a lot of people don't know what questions. They just think it's all a blur somewhere. But you've done an outstanding job of speaking with people before they meet with us to encourage them to come with questions because we can't answer a question if we don't know the question. But you get a lot of the questions out there. thank you, dear. I really appreciate that. Have you seen the Lewis Financial Management website? It's easy to get to, DougAndLinda.com. That's DougAndLinda.com. There was another good article I saw, right along the same line, as a matter of fact. This one was by Brian Sloven, financial planner, and he talks about the price of good advice, three ways that a financial planner can save you money. That's right. There's tax planning advice. Unless you're working with a financial planner, who offers comprehensive financial planning, you aren't going to get a forward-looking tax strategy that deals with the money within or outside your retirement accounts. Both have their own different consequences. The money in your IRAs will be a factor when you retire because it can affect your tax bracket in a way you don't expect. Your taxable accounts already may be causing a problem and you don't even know what the problems might be. Either way, an advisor can help keep taxes down on money you aren't using as income. 
Now, Linda, tell us about health care. How can a good financial advisor giving you good financial advice save money in regard to health care? Well, a lot of folks in planning for retirement are concerned about health care, long-term care, and estate planning. So maybe you're doing your own planning or you're using a very low-cost mutual fund company. If so, you likely aren't going to get any advice regarding the future costs of health care or long-term care insurance for when you get disabled or help with providing a legacy for your family when you pass away. So many people overlook these issues until it's too late. And these unexpected costs can devastate a family. And then, Doug, what about income planning? How can a good advisor save you money in regard to good income planning? Yeah, this is something that's often overlooked because you may be working with a financial professional who's been doing a very good job accumulating money for your retirement. But if you don't have a solid distribution plan in place, you still could come up short or lose a big chunk of your money to inflation or to income taxes or to too much risk. I often meet with people who have no systematic strategy for withdrawing money based on their assets. They have no idea when to file for Social Security, and they're stressed out because they don't have any other cash flow coming in. There's no question that consumers should be aware that particularly going into retirement, that they benefit from a higher level of help. And, you know, it's that higher level of help that will help all your, your, your questions be answered. But also, you'll have real measurable results. Right. In five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you'll look back and you'll have accomplished your goals. That's right. A retirement plan is a complex puzzle that needs to be put together properly. Just like any other puzzle, if you're missing even one piece, it's not complete. And that gap could cause the whole thing to fall apart. So, call us at Lewis Financial Management. That number is 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. We can help you, and we will schedule a face-to-face appointment to go over all of your financial planning at a much higher level of help than you have seen before. My puzzle's complete. (laughs) (laughs) I found the missing piece. (laughs) Aw. You would think it was February. (laughs) All right. But before we go, I did want to revisit just the outline of what we do accomplish. Because the whole reason that we've been here on Sunday nights and now most recently on Saturday nights is so that we can give you a forum, a place you can call, answer your questions, give you things to think about. Because everybody has to begin somewhere, and everybody has to begin at some time. Are you going to have enough? Are you going to outlive any your your expenses? Are you going to be able to provide for uh, for for the the other spouse if you were to pass away? Are there any special needs children situations? Is there anything that might be on your mind? So as you're thinking through everything that we called uh, that we talked about tonight, call in this week. Ask us your question. Um, For all the people who do call, there's usually another hundred or so of you just listening through the years. So this might be your time to give us a call and say, hey, I think it's time for me to get get, get some time with you guys over there at Lewis Financial Management. So call us at 919 this week, 872-7000. And we want to thank you for joining us tonight for Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Tonight, we discuss the awful consequences of non-fiduciary advice changing your financial focus, the must-dos before retirement, 
the price of good financial advice. So here we are at the end of this week's show, but we want to join, we want you to join us each Saturday and Sunday night from 6 to 7 here on 680 WPTF. We want you to visit our website, DougAndLinda.com. Call us this week at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000 to schedule a face-to-face meeting to discuss your situation. And remember, your money matters because your financial future is at stake. been listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family, Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Or go to DougAndLinda.com and listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with the Lewis family.